for them. Um, we also have a couple other things. There are signups in the back for water baptism. So if you're interested, please get your name on the list. And we do have some signups if you want to join the sound team. So please come and sow your seed and we could use your talents and we'd be happy to have you. There's a sign up in the back. Get your name on there. Pray about it if you need to, but sign up. We'd love to have you. Um, that's all we have. So just a few announcements. Um, let's just pray real quick and then we'll worship the Lord. Um, God, we just, we, we love you. And we just, we glorify you tonight. We lift your name high. Lord, we want to love you more. You say that where two or more are gathered, that there you will be. And so we know and we believe that you are here tonight. And we thank you for that. And we need you. So we are so thankful that you have come to be with us. Lord, you say that when we seek you with all of our heart, that we will find you. And so we say, Lord, today that you are a vital necessity to us. And I pray, Lord, that everybody here would just open their hearts and seek you, God, so that we can find you. Live streamers, we just believe that the Lord can come and be with you right where you are, too. So open your heart and seek him with us tonight. Please stand on your feet. Let's worship the Lord of heaven's armies. Amen. Oh, I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came
except to dwell with the Lord. Hallelujah. Fix 
Father, we just, we love you. God, I pray that we would live our lives as an intercession and worship to you. That our daily walk, Lord, is glorifying and pleasing to you. That it is that sweet, sweet smell that you long for. You are worthy of it all, Lord. You are worthy of every moment that we have to give. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the gift that you gave when you died on that cross, Lord. And I pray that we can just give you whatever we have back, Father, that we will be the clay, that we will let you mold us to exactly what you are calling us to be. Let us be your empty vessel, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us tonight. We would love for you just to go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
Good to see you tonight. Amen. One person's happy. Anybody else? Okay. Just making sure. Y'all still alive? <laughs> I thought maybe all the saved people got raptured and the rest were here. We're not sure what we're doing. I'm kidding. That was a joke. It was a good joke. I'm kidding. All right, tithing offering. If you have something to give, you can prepare that. Uh, tithing offering envelopes to the chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around, and one of the ushers will help you out. Um, always our giving is just a continuation of our worship. Amen. And we give. God is our provider. And, and how many have, have, a, have a story of how God made a way where there was no way in, in provision? Anybody have a story like that? Oh, man, I, I, got some good, I got some stuff that God has done that only he could do. And it just confirms what we believe the word says about him. So let me, let me pray over your giving tonight. Lord, we thank you. Uh, be able to come to your house, be in worship, to, to give to be together tonight, Lord, and as we give, it's just living that life of faith. And I pray we are people who live by faith in all the things that we do, including in our finances, Lord, that, that you are Lord of every area of our life. And, and we thank you for who you are in that. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. All right, if you have it, come on down. And by the way, if you're new with us, we got these uh, uh, on the back of the chairs, these connect cards. You can fill that out and give it to me later. It's just a connection for me to get to know you. And uh, I promise you, if you ever fill one of these out, I will not bombard you with anything. This is not for me to start sending you junk in the mail and phone calling you all the time or anything like that. We will probably just uh, send you a thank you for being here. But other than that, it's just for our information. So you can fill one of those out and get those to me. I'd appreciate that. And having said that, your Bibles, if you have one, go to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 9. It will take us a few moments to get to this, but... We're continuing our series on words. Our words are powerful. And what I want you to do is I want you to start to be conscious of your communication. And I want you to take into account the impact of your words. Um, and it's not just the impact for others, but also the impact for you. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we started in Luke chapter 6, and we just... Uh, maybe for a lot of you brought a reminder, but that our words are from the expression of our hearts. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks, okay? And now I understand that, that you know, we're new created in salvation if you have uh, accepted Jesus or, or, by the way, let me just say this. I say this a lot, but let me remind you, the verbiage that at one point I accepted Jesus into my heart I'm not a fan of it because it's like I'm getting him on my terms. I like giving my life to him rather than accepting him into my heart. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I'm giving my life instead of accepting what I want from him and not what, in other words, he's not entirely Lord of every area of my life, just where I need him, okay? So when you give your life to Jesus, you're in a transformation of your heart, new creation being worked out in you. So, so we are people in uh, process hopefully in progress, and that means the indicators of our salvation are showing up, including that the words we say and the things that we speak are lining up with who we are in him. It's changing. So before I was saved, I had no problem dropping words that I don't say anymore. 
because my heart is changing, right? And then there are certain, let's say, uh, we would call them curse words that our society, it, so, so in other words, it, here's what I learned. Well, what's a curse word? Well, that's debated by a lot of people, but if I wasn't allowed to say it in class to my teacher, why would I say it at all when I'm an adult now that I'm being saved? It make, makes sense. The, the proper communication is being changed. And, and the Bible says, James, maybe we'll get to this next week, that why in the world would you have praises but then also cursing coming out of your mouth? Not cursing is not the, the four-letter words we're thinking of. It's how you talk to people. But in other words, unfit language should not be coming forth from you as a believer because all the things we do that we glorify Jesus. So how many of you would be offended if while I'm preaching I drop the F word? Well, then why would you think it's okay to say it out there? Don't hold me to a higher standard in the pulpit, right? So, so there's a lot of different things. That, and and there, there's some of the word words we could talk about and really get into communication about that. You understand what I'm getting at, okay? So our communication to begin to line up with who we say we are in him. Proverbs 18, again, in the tongue is the power of life and death. We're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. And last week we talked about faith-filled words. Say to this mountain, be moved, okay? That we stand in the name of Jesus and our faith connected to his authority has impact. But tonight I, I want to, I, I think, give you a very practical example of the power of words. So uh, I want to give you one example. I'm going to give you three words that are extremely powerful. This is a example that I think I would encourage you to think about this more because there's a lot more things you can say that have power like the words I'm going to talk about tonight. And I know we've talked about this before, but I wanted to bring it up again because when I thought about a practical example of the power of words, this is the first example that came to my mind, so I went with it. But again, that we are people that encourage, that we are people that build up, that we are people that speak words that heal to be in on what God is up to. We have got to be in on what God is up to. Right? That's why we pray. We, we start to learn. Our prayer is we're learning what is God up to, and then I get in on that. And what is God doing? He is in the process of healing our world. Is he not? New creation. He's making all things new. Right? But that's a healing process. Would we not get in on that with our words and how we live and how we act, but our words are a part of it? So words that heal versus words that tear down and words that are hurtful. So anyways, three powerful words right here. You ready? Yeah. I said, okay, one person. Thank you, Kelly. I said, I said, you ready? Okay, my goodness. I'm going back to my rapture joke. Maybe, um, anyways. Um, okay, three of the most powerful words you can speak. I forgive you. Three of the most powerful words you can say to another person is, I forgive you. Now, now it's an example. There, there's a lot of different things we could talk about, a lot of different uh, words that bring that kind of healing. The words, I forgive you, are words of healing. They're words of comfort. They're words of, of building up. They're, the word forgive is a word of the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is built on the forgiveness of God. How are you a citizen of the kingdom of God? Because you've been saved. How are you saved? By forgiveness. New creation. 
and now you become a citizen of the kingdom. Now we live by the rules of that kingdom with our king, right? The words, I forgive you, are powerful. Um, these kind of words, like I forgive you, are words of healing, but they're also words of absolute freedom. So let's just talk about this for a second, and we'll get to Matthew chapter uh, 6 in a moment. See, when somebody wrongs you, how many of you have ever been, I'm, I'm not talking about, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, seriously, you've been wrong. Let's put it that way. How many of you, okay, yeah, I think everybody's been wrong in some way. You've been hurt. Uh, maybe a part of you's been damaged by somebody. The, this is real, live stuff. We're not minimizing the experiences of our life. But when we get into the kingdom and we realize that the kingdom is built on forgiveness, we begin to learn that forgiveness is a big deal not only to receive it, but then to learn how to practice forgiveness. Right? And there are words of freedom. So when you are able to say to somebody who has wronged you, I forgive you, two things happen. There's something that happens for them, and there's something that happens for you. Powerful words. So in other words, when I say, if Joe hurt me, he spoke words about me, he tore me down, or, or whatever, whatever the situation is, if I come to Joe and say, Joe, I forgive you, what I'm saying to Joe is, I release you from any act of revenge on my part. I forgive you. And what that does is it sets me free to carry the burden of wanting to see revenge happen in the way I want revenge to happen. Because the, the human nature does this. Whatever Joe did to me, I'm going to multiply it back. Isn't that right? You break my finger, I'm going to break four of yours. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. That's the way human nature is. That's the way we are. That's why in the, in, in the law originally, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, so the escalation stops. But Jesus takes it a whole other place in the Sermon on the Mount. We'll, we'll go there in a second. But it releases me in my heart and from my life the need to pay Joe back. And by the way, who do I turn that over to when I forgive him? I turn it over to God. Is God a, a just judge? Then he will judge justly, right? And I allow the one who judges justly to judge it versus the one who's not going to judge it justly, and that's me and my flesh, right? That, that I don't repay out of my hurt, my pain, my anger, my frustration, my whatever. Joe, I forgive you. And, you, and it, it's a freeing thing not to hold a grudge against somebody. You know that. And when you hold a grudge against somebody, you've been trapped. You put yourself in a jail cell, and you shut the door. I'm going to live in this, this, this uh, jail cell. Every time I think of Joe or I see him on the street or he pops up on social media, mm, something just kind of rises in me. You know what I'm talking about? That's a grudge. You see how you're trapped by that? It's always floating around in here. Joe owns a piece of my brain. 
He's, what do they say? He's living rent-free right up here. You ever hear that? Living rent-free. Right in my head. I want Joe living rent-free in my head. I want Joe burden of his hurt off of me and out of my mind. And the only way I can do that is say, I forgive you. Now, here's the thing. I may have said, Joe, I forgive you, but I may not have felt like I forgave him. But the words are in the overflow of my changing heart, not necessarily my perfected emotions. You don't live by your emotions, right? You live by what is happening in your heart, the seed of who you are, your being. Eventually, your emotions will come to that place of forgiveness, but it's coming out of the fact that the kingdom is working in me, the Holy Spirit is changing me, and I've learned that I must forgive. So I speak, I forgive you. Even though I may not want to, even though I don't feel like forgiving, even if I know I still hurt. By the way, forgiving somebody doesn't always make the hurt go away, right? But it allows the process of the healing of the Holy Spirit to happen that eventually it may go away. Okay? Because God's in the healing business. And the avenue for you to live with the burden off of you and to begin healing in your life is to speak the words, I forgive you. Powerful words. Now, by the way, it may not ever get to be that I ever say it right to Joe. Maybe that doesn't happen. But from my heart, I forgive Joe. And you'll be surprised, and maybe some of you would testify to this. When you've really been hurt, and you come to a place where you say, I forgive you, a lot of times there's a lot of emotional response right there. Start to cry. You know why? There's something releasing happening, and it's touching your being, touching who you are, right? So it's healing for you to speak the words, I forgive you. But it also then in a very powerful and healing way, releases them. It's twofold. Because, not, not, see, especially in relationships, it's not that every relationship needs reconciled perfectly, you understand me, okay? But it does open the door for reconciliation where it is uh, proper, okay? So, so to say this, Joe's my friend, and something happened, my forgiving him removes what's in between so we can be restored in, in friendship. If it was an abusive relationship, you learn how to forgive, but it doesn't mean that relationship needs restored. You see what I'm saying? You, those things are, are situation-based. But the point is, it frees him from me having something towards him, and when he knows that, something lifts off him because he probably at some point knows he did wrong. And when you do wrong and you know somebody forgives you, it releases you. It, it, there's a freedom there, right? But by the way, what about somebody who doesn't acknowledge wrong? That's okay, you still forgive. And you pray that there's restoration of some manner in that relationship. But it all starts for forgiveness. So it lifts the burden off of me. And if Joe receives it, and he knows there was a wrong there, it lifts the burden off of him. Powerful what's happening there. For the opportunity for a restored and reconciled relationship. 
to happen. Because what, what, is, what is the base of the kingdom? It's forgiveness. But why forgiveness? So man is reconciled back to God. Reconciliation is another word for salvation in the scriptures. And if we are to practice the kingdom, that, may, that means there is a, a way of learning how to forgive and, and we're proper seeing right reconciliation happening in human relationships. So let's get to Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. Sermon on the Mount, actually is what we call the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, and verse number 9. Ending up, you know, you don't have to say many words, uh, as the Gentiles do, but in Jesus saying, then do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed or holy be your name. By the way, this next part right here is why we would do something like forgive. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see that? We want the kingdom to come, the will of God be done on this earth as it is in heaven while we wait for him to come and bring it here. So the part of the Christian life is that outworking of participating, getting in on what God is up to, like I was saying earlier, or participating in helping bring the kingdom to the earth and the will of God to this earth until he comes again. So, so notice some things that we pray in accordance with that. Give us this day our daily bread. Now watch this. And forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins. But watch what Jesus does. He, he, he brings it right together. As we have forgiven our debtors, or as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, now watch how powerful the words of forgiveness are. For if you forgive other their trespasses, or how they have wronged you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father or your Father forgive your trespasses. You let that start to sink in your mind. See, again, this goes back to some messages we've been talking about recently. We often want Jesus to be our Savior. Lord, forgive me. Right? But then we balk at him being our king when he says, now being in the kingdom means you've got to learn how to forgive as I forgive you. We want him to forgive us, be my savior, but when he says, now you must learn how to forgive, we say, I don't know about this. Too hard. Jesus, you don't understand the wrongs. Oh, seriously? Let us back up to Easter, Passion Week, and that whole business. Okay? Jesus is the high priest who has been and tempted in the same way we are, right? And he's bringing us to this place that says, look, the nature of the kingdom is forgiven. Those who live in the kingdom must learn how to forgive. There's power in forgiveness. To the point that if you're not willing to forgive people, you run the danger of the forgiveness of God in your life. That's powerful. 
Now, understand, I, I know we work through these things. God sees the nature of your heart. But to know you're working through things versus I'm just not doing it. Nope, nope, nope. I don't care. I don't care what, I don't care what, what the result is. I don't care what I get. Well, that's what you might get. The Father not forgiving you. Now, now don't BDI me here. I didn't write that. Jesus said that, okay? Don't give me the evil eye right now. I'm just, re I'm just reading this and just commenting a little bit here. Don't be angry with me. I'm not accusing you. As a matter of fact, if you felt some twinges in your heart, then you got to deal with him about that, not me, okay? I'm just here. See how powerful forgiveness is? And the words, I forgive you, healing for you, the process, starting the process, the healing and freedom for the other person, and also this free-flowing relationship with God. You see that triangle that's happening because of the words, I forgive you. That's amazing. You start thinking about these things. What other kind of words are healing in that way? You think about this. And you start being a person, you start being a person that starts to major in those words. You think about it. And, and by the way, uh, I'm, I'm not a very a talkative person, so it's very easy for me to measure what I say, if you know what I'm talking about. Generally, not much comes out of my mouth before I didn't measure it. Not everybody's like me. Some people just, psh, there it goes. How many are like that? Okay, the filter is not as strong as mine, right? We've got to learn how to measure our responses and our words and the things that we say. Now, again, our heart is changing, and hopefully the fruit is in such a way that's the natural response, but as your heart is changing, you better start guiding yourself by the Holy Spirit. And allow him to help you measure the things that come flying out of your mouth. Right? So I, I used to work, I told you I worked a construction job. And uh, uh, my bosses were Christians, okay? So they knew I was, I was volunteering as a youth pastor at, at the church I was at. They gave me a job framing houses during the day, you know, and, and at night I was youth pastor. And I had a... a uh, a, a nail gun that had 16 pennies and we were hanging drywall nailers, right? And he was holding the nailers and I was just going, bam, 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 bam. It was one of those CO2 cartridge, you know. And I, I shot the nail and it kicked the knot and went, bam, and ricocheted off his leg and he was jumping around saying all the words I ever heard in my life. <laughs> I start laughing. I couldn't, I, I was laughing. I, 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 I have a tendency, see, where I'm not measured when somebody gets hurt, if I know they're okay, I laugh. That's just how many are like that. Okay, so I'm laughing. I have to put the gun down because I'm laughing. You know, he's jumping around. And, and he, he we actually, it was like, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say all those words. I was like, well, I didn't want to say it, but the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. And I didn't want to get all religious on him, you know. You see, I'm saying we have to learn that what comes out of our mouth has power and has effect. Even, even to the point at the base level, it affects our witness. Right? So, so like I said, if, if I was out there, say I'm, I'm, I'm just hanging out with people and, and 
and I'm talking, and, and here, here flies this curse word, it, it may not have affected anybody but my witness. You see what I'm saying? So words have that kind of power. They affect all sorts of things. What greater witness do you have to, to the nature of Jesus than to say, I forgive you? That's witness. It's not just healing, but it's also witness. Because what did Jesus say? Jesus said, or, or what he did was, that in order for the cycle of sin to stop, what Jesus did is he did for somebody something they didn't deserve. Right? So when you forgive somebody, did they really deserve your forgiveness? Probably not. They wronged you. They deserve just penalty. But when you say, I forgive you, you're being like Jesus because you're giving somebody something they did not deserve, but that's the nature of the kingdom. And you stop this repaying wrong for wrong and all this. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is forgiving when you've been wronged. Right? Words play a part of that. I forgive you. Powerful. Now, let's stay in, in, in the book of Matthew. And uh, let's see, go back to chapter 5, verse number 21. Now, now what, though, again, I'm just highlighting, but we're going to go the opposite way with the power of words real quick. Matthew 5, 21. And you heard it was said of those of old, you shall not murder. How many know it's not good to kill people? Okay, all right, we'll just make sure we're on the same page here. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But watch what Jesus does with that command. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And watch this. And whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council of insult words. And whoever says you fool will be liable, or other translations say in danger, of the fire of hell. You see that? So your words can be freeing, and your words can be relieved, but your words can also, uh, uh, I want to say, just be, could, are damning to you. Okay? That when you insult somebody, you know what you do? You fool. You judge them. You put yourself above them in judgment. And again, it's an indication of your heart. Notice how Jesus took murder all the way down to how you talk to somebody. Because murder and how you talk to somebody both come from your heart. So you insult people. By the way, we like to categorize our life. I would never insult somebody in the church. But my goodness, I'll insult that politician I don't like. I, I won't insult my mom. Hope not. But man, I'll insult that, that worker that works beside me in, in the factory because they just treat me mean all day. We, we like to categorize. No. It comes from the overflow of your heart. That when we speak, now, now when I call somebody a fool, I'm speaking death, you know that? When I insult somebody, I'm not speaking life. 
I'm, that's why Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Why? Speak life. Pray for those who persecute you. Speak life. Pray for those who are in governing authority over you. Why? You speak life. Right? But the insulting and name-calling comes from your heart. And it puts you... Now, you know, we often do these things, and again, they're in a place of judgment, because we feel so secure that we can do that. We feel secure enough to judge somebody, and Jesus said, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're putting yourself in the dangers of fire of hell. You better watch it. Because your words will catch up to you. Life and death and the power of the tongue. And you see, when you, when you call somebody, let's say... I literally looked at my wife and said, you're an idiot. And I, I, I was mad. We, we said a couple weeks ago, how many ever at a time remember when somebody said something that hurt you and everybody raised their hand? So obviously, the opposite of freeing forgiveness is now damaging words. But it just doesn't damage her. I'm putting myself in danger of judgment. It damages me too. See that? See how they're the entire opposite. I forgive you versus the idiot. They're, they're totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Freeing, freeing, healing, healing, damaging, damaging. You got to watch your mouth. And begin to work on what you say. Amen. Because notice how Jesus wraps this together here. Then he goes on to talk about reconciliation. Verse 23. Right after you fall in danger of the fire of hell, or hell of fire, it says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. Also, come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest the accuser hand you over the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you'll be put in prison. So truly I say to you, you will never get out until you paid the last penny. Notice there, going from words that damage, careful, but here's what you really need to do. Try to be reconciled. How do you become reconciled with somebody? I forgive you. Or you bring your wrong to them. Can we talk? Something happened, I need to share my heart with you. And you have a, a conversation. Even to the point if somebody's accusing you, it's better for you to go talk with them and work something out before you end up in court because you don't know what the court's going to do. You may end up in jail, paying a debt or something that would happen at that time. But again, all those situations involve communication, reconciliation, going and talking to somebody that's accusing you, taking you to court, communication. That we're looking for ways to speak Life. Amen. So our words are extremely important. The Bible says we'll be judged for every idle word. Isn't that right? You must be careful. So I think in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we need to start being honest with ourselves about our language. And again, I know I talked about the four-letter word stuff. It's, it's way giant bigger than that. It's not, that's not the key here. The key is that, Lord, help me be who you want me to be. Change me. That the Holy Spirit will continue to work on the state of your heart. So when you encounter situations in life, 
you're hurt, you're not reconciled, somebody's making you angry, somebody shoots a nail gun, a ricochets and hits your leg, what's coming out of your mouth ultimately is life. Life that is healing for other people, life that is healing for you. Life that doesn't kind of gum up or stop or, or clog up the relationship with God this way. You see? You know one of the best ways, you know one of the best ways to start teaching yourself this? Be proactive in encouragement. You know, every day, if you start to learn how to encourage people, that'll, that'll change you. You know that? Every day, you look for somebody to build up. You, you purposely see. The Christian life, as, as the Holy Spirit's working with us, when you learn how to purposely activate what he's doing, it helps the process. Right? So, again, a couple weeks ago, we were, I mentioned this. So the first person I see in, in the morning is my wife. I can purposely be proactive to encourage her if I want to, right? Throughout the day, I can have somebody, and the name just drops in my head. You know how easy it is to send an encouraging text, drop a Bible verse to them, give them a call? You know how easy that is? Being proactive with encouragement. Looking for ways, and not just people you know, and we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, it's, it's, the, it's the cashier at Walmart, it's the person who stands next to you at your job, it's the person you pass on the street. You're proactive with speaking life. Amen. And you just may never know the incredible impact that that has because words are powerful. You just never know. You never know. So, I mean, just for me, I'm, I'm, I send text, messenger things. I, I try to send things out constantly. I write notes. I, I, love, I like writing notes better than texting, so I, I write notes and send stuff in the mail. I try to constantly think of ways to encourage people. Simple ways. Simple ways. Because it is the work of God to build and I want to be in on it, right? It's the work of God to build. You know, when you, you come into church, I understand we come sometimes, we have needs and we have hurts, and, but man, to come to, to, to encourage somebody when you come here, how powerful it is when the family comes together and encourages one another, powerful. That's one of the ways, by the way, we bear one another's burdens. It's, you know, see, I, I, you may have... An issue that I personally can't fix. But man, I can encourage you. I can pray for you. What more powerful words than prayer? I can pray for you, right? If I can help fix it, yeah, but, but if nothing else, I'm going to encourage, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to do it one time and never do it again and just forget about it. That we're consistent in the encouragement and the words that we say. Some, some of you have to let some things go, going back to forgiveness. 
so God can do a healing work in your life. But, but it starts with the simple, I forgive the name. Or I forgive and maybe a situation. Or, right? That those are doorways into the working and the activity of the Holy Spirit. Right in here. Do you, do you really want to live an abundant life? Well, yeah, that's part of it, you know? You're not just saved from the penalty of sins, you're saved to new life. But new life is then living by the way of the king in the kingdom. And he tells us, you need to learn how to forgive. Well, that, that's an avenue to abundant life. That's a that's new way of living. You're in the process of him making all things new. It's happening. Because you're willing to speak something, I forgive you. Powerful. So let, let's be proactive in thinking about this. Peace I give to you. Paul, Paul writes that. Peace I give to you. So they would take those letters and they would read the letters to the congregation that got passed around. So somebody would read Paul writing, peace I give to you. There's something powerful in that. Right? You see, all these different kind of things that we can say to encourage and to build up. Amen? Let's be people of encouragement. Let's be people of life. That what comes from us and all that we do is life, life of the kingdom, life empowered by the Spirit. Life. Amen? Amen. All right. Sign, by the way, sign of maturity is somebody who's is honest enough to say, yeah, I, I messed up. Will you forgive me? He says, say, I forgive you, but sometimes you have to say, will you forgive me? That's a sign of maturity, by the way, when you're able to say that. Listen, I, I know I messed up. Please, please forgive me. But if they say no, okay, well, you did what you need to do. Then you'd be open to reconciliation. Amen? Lord, Lord, we thank you. Help us, Jesus. We need help. I need help. Teach us how to be those who give life, who speak life, that we, we really understand the power of, of the things that come out of our mouth. Lord, keep changing us. Keep working on us. Keep doing in us what only your Holy Spirit can do. Lord, Lord, I pray I desire for this church to be a family of faith, but it's a family of encouragement a family that speaks life when we are here. When we worship together, that, that, that's power in, in connecting because you respond to our praises. You inhabit them. Lord, when we give the word, it's your word, Lord Jesus, the power in, in the word that goes forth. And I pray with that then every other word spoken is words of encouragement, of building up. But we learn how to do it here so when we go into society and into our everyday lives, Lord, that, that it doesn't change when we get there. We're people who are speaking life to everybody we encounter. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, everybody still smiling? Everybody smiling? Okay, good. All right, well, we'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed. Next week, we'll keep on words next Wednesday, but Sunday morning, uh, it's part two of, of the ascension of Jesus and what that means for us in our life, okay? Have a very good day. Be blessed as you go tonight. We'll see you soon.